Well, good morning. How are you? You haven't been occupying yourself by watching the news this week, have you? I know I have. I'm supposed to be working, supposed to be preparing sermons. I'm looking at little spirals on the on the news. I'm a, I I don't know what that means. Makes means I'm not truly a Floridian because I'm like freaking out about a storm, but seems like the, the true Floridians are uh, reacting similarly to, to me. So uh, anyway, uh, when, when Mike, Michael asked me to preach, uh, my mind went to Ezekiel chapter 34. And so, um, so let's look at that. We'll look at Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 1 through 16. Here now the reading of God's word. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man... Prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God. Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones. But you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, and the sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord, surely because my sheep have become a prey, and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd. And because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds. And I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not uh, that they uh, that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I I myself will search for the sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks for his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on the day of the clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them to their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines and in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture. And on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land. And on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be their shepherd, uh, be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back 
the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong. I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray now that you would be with us as we hear your word. We pray that you would enable your preacher to be faithful to your scriptures, to preach faithfully what you would have us to learn. We pray that you would challenge our hearts, that you would equip us to be able to serve you more faithfully because of what we can learn from your word this morning. Sanctify us us by your truth. Your word is truth. For it's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. I remember being a kid. I was, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old. I'm guessing maybe 13 years old. I really wanted a sleeveless jacket. Uh, I, I saw somebody wearing it. I think, I don't know if it was a celebrity or something, but I thought he looked cool, and I thought I would look cool if I had a jacket like that. I imagined myself looking cool if I had a jacket like that. It was wrong. But if... <laughs> If I, in my imagination, that's, I would have looked cool in, in this, in this jacket. And so I wanted one. I, and so I, I don't know how much I pestered my parents to get this jacket. It was a jacket with, it was sleeveless, but it was also kind of insulated. It was stuffed. Uh, I guess it was popular at the time. And, uh, and I wanted one. And so, and for Christmas, my, my, my parents gave me one. I got the jacket that I wanted. It was a little bit too big, but I was okay with that. I knew I would grow into it. And one one day I was out, I I don't know what I was doing, it was probably a weekend and I was out playing and I probably wasn't doing something I was supposed to be doing. And so uh, I came home and my mom was in the kitchen and uh, she, uh, we had this conversation, I have no idea what the conversation was about because of what follows. But whatever it was, I I don't think I was doing something right. And so uh, I, as the conversation ended, I turned to to leave and all of a sudden my mom says Scott stop and she picks up a towel and starts beating me on my back with a towel and I am totally confused and wondering why it is my mom is beating me with a towel and I turn around and I'm like what is going on and she says no stop and you're on fire <laughs> and so what it turns out what what had happened is I was leaning against the stove as I was talking to my mother and uh, the, my thick jacket had hit the burner and the burner was on. And, and I guess it was just kind of smoldering while I was sitting there. But when I walked away, it got more oxygen and burst into flames. And I had no idea I was on fire. I had absolutely no idea uh, because the thing was insulated. And so my mom's, <laughs> hit, my mom's hitting me on my back with a towel uh, to spare me from like burning down the house. And, and, and I just got, you know, I, it was a, a challenging moment in my, in my life. I remember it vividly. And that's why I don't remember what we were talking about because what happened later. Uh, and you know, it, what appeared to me at first glance as my mom being re- recklessly cruel for no reason was, was absolutely nothing of the sort. Uh, she was being very caring to me at the moment. And, uh, and I just didn't have the big picture. I didn't know what was going on. And so I interpreted what was happening as uh, cruelty, when in, well, 
kind of cruelty when in fact it was it was kindness and you know not burning down the house and so uh that's that's kind of what what this passage in many ways is about this this is a passage about uh the shepherding of israel uh and the shepherding of israel is something that god had left to kings uh in the ancient world kings were referred to as shepherds and so the shepherds in this passage are are actually kings uh, perhaps uh, Jehoiakim and Zedekiah were the kings that were uh, in view with this prophecy um, and yet uh, when we go through trials and tribulations as the people of Israel were going through uh, we don't often have the big picture and uh, when when Israel's being ruled by unjust kings uh it's easy to look at god and and wonder why why are you doing this it it feels like you know my mom is beating me on the back with a towel but in reality we just we don't have the big picture and we don't see what's going on this passage is about god becoming our shepherd because kings were failing to do so and so he becomes our shepherd and he begins to do the things that the kings of the earth or the kings of Israel were failing to do but they were still going through difficult times they were still scattered they were still suffering and god didn't and never promised to take away their sufferings he simply promised to be their shepherd and to lead them through it ezekiel wrote this prophecy when israel was in exile The Babylonians had entered into the city of Jerusalem in 597 BC and had carried away the rulers and the religious leaders at the time. And Ezekiel was one of those people that were carried away. And 11 years later they came back, the Babylonians came back and destroyed the wall around Jerusalem, they destroyed the temple, uh and the place became a wasteland. People died. The uh mothers and and children were killed. and the place became a barren wasteland and people wondered why would it be that god would allow this to happen i mean after all well, this is the one true god and we are his chosen people you would think things would go better for us than for the nations and this kind of thing shouldn't be happening to us and so that's the question that's being answered in many ways in this passage why why would this happen and the prophecy in ezekiel 34 tells us the reason why is because of Ezekiel's or of Israel's shepherds Israel's kings they didn't care for the people they didn't shepherd the flock they benefited to rule themselves to to benefit themselves they didn't govern to benefit their people so they ate the curds and clothed themselves with the wool of the finest sheep and didn't leave any for the people they governed they slaughtered the choicest animals they they didn't strengthen the weak and they didn't heal the sick or bandage the wounded and they didn't seek out and bring back those who were lost they were harsh in their governing so in other words they were brutal and ruthless tyrants benefiting themselves at the expense of their people and so the people were scattered as a result of their failure to rule they became food for wild animals because they had no shepherd to protect them that's a metaphor for them being vulnerable to israel's enemies and so beginning in verse 7 god announces judgment against his shepherds he says 
that he is against them and he will remove them from tending the flock. In verse 11, he says he will become their true shepherd. They will no longer be able to feed off their flock to benefit themselves. But God will become their shepherd. He will bind the wounded. He will seek out the lost. He will heal the sick. And he will strengthen the weak. God is revealing himself to us as her true shepherd, Israel's true shepherd. To shepherd us, to shepherd God's people in a way that Israel's kings failed to do. But there's a problem with this. Because in 2 Samuel chapter 7, God promised David that he, he and his descendants would govern in Israel and his dynasty would never end. So how could it be that God would end the dynasty of the Davidic kings and govern Israel by himself and still remain faithful to the promise to David? It doesn't seem like that's something that you can do, but God, God had his ways. Because we know that this passage is ultimately fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ, who is God, shepherding his flock. But he is also born son of David, the rightful king to govern Israel. Second Samuel chapter 7, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. And the way that was understood was that David's children would reign and their children would reign and their children would reign forever and ever. Never in their wildest dreams would they have guessed that one son of David would die and rise again and reign forever on David's throne in heaven. But that's precisely what happened. Jesus came and he became our shepherd. In the New Testament, the Gospels are filled with references to Jesus operating as a good shepherd. And when he does so, he almost always does so comparing himself to those around him that were failing, like Herod, that were failing to operate as kings. This is John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired man and cares nothing for the sheep. See the comparison to the kings of Israel in Ezekiel 34. I know my own. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father. I lay my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold, speaking of Gentiles, and I must bring them as well. And they will listen to my voice and they will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Jesus qualifies as being a good shepherd because he reigns over us as a shepherd. 
in a way that Israel's kings had failed to do, in the way that any king would fail to do, in the way that any ruler would fail to do. The only person that could reign like this is Jesus Christ. And he reigns because he gives his life for us, that we might walk in newness of life. And he is gathering together his church that the kings of this earth had scattered. We were lost and we were scattered, but through the church he seeks us out and he calls us to himself so that we can be a church gathered from all the world. I mean, every single one of us here is gathered by Jesus Christ and very few, if any of us, are Jewish. Very few, if any of us. And so we are the product of the fulfillment of this psalm or of this uh, of this prophecy that the church would be gathered together from all the nations of the earth and united under one shepherd, Jesus Christ, our King. He is in the process of regathering us. He's in, and one day we will be gathered together fully in the new heavens and the new earth where we will dwell in pasture lands without the threat of hurricanes, without the threat of anything disrupting our fellowship with each other and our worship of God. That's the promise we have from Jesus, that this is the destination that he's shepherding his people to. But we are not there yet, as we all know, as we watch the news earlier this week. This morning, I saw that Dorian was upgraded to a, is it, can you call it upgraded? It was, it's now a category five. And it's still got the Bahamas in its sights, and it still has, well, at least the potential of hitting land in Florida and even in Orlando. We're not totally out of the woods in terms of the, the models. And so what do we do? We freak out. That's what I do. It doesn't do any good to freak out. But what we, we can know is that God is our shepherd no matter what happens. Wherever it makes landfall, if it makes landfall, it's going to cause a lot of trouble. And God's people there are being shepherded by Jesus through the entire thing, regardless of how devastating it may be. We know that Jesus is our shepherd and he is good. And we don't necessarily understand how all that works together. It may feel like, as it's happening, that our mothers are beating us on the backs with towels. That's the way it might feel. But we don't have the big picture. We don't understand. We don't know how it could be that God is using this for his glory and for our benefit and for his kingdom to shepherd his people and to shepherd us to our final destination where he wipes every tear from our eyes. And the beauty of the gospel is that we can trust that that is true, even when at times it might even make no sense. He can lead us to the, through trials that we don't even understand. And we can know that he is our good shepherd in the midst of it. I became a minister in 2001 directly as a result of being told that I could not be a missionary sent overseas from my home church. 
one of the more painful experiences I've been through in my whole life. I went to seminary with the express purpose of going overseas. I had found a mission agency. I was with Pioneers. We were looking to go to Bosnia, my wife and I, and we had even gotten to the point where we had, we had started raising support. And one of the processes of uh, becoming a member at Pioneers was you had to get your home church to sign a statement saying that uh, they would be your sending church. It's very important to Pioneers that they do this. And so we had went through this whole process. Well, the mission committee, which my wife and I had actually started, uh, had changed because we were down here in Florida. And um, they didn't know us anymore. And uh, they knew that I went to a Presbyterian leaning seminary and that I believed in infant baptism and that created all sorts of problems with this church, which was more of a Baptistic church. And long story short is the church decided that my theological differences with their church were such that they couldn't send us. One of the most painful experiences of my life, because these were people that had become my family. I mean, I looked at the shepherds, the pastors in that church as being my shepherds. I, I saw them as being Christian family for me in, in Maryland. And when this just got ripped out from us, I had no idea what was going on. I mean, describing it as if uh, it was my mom hitting me on the back with a towel would be uh, an insult to the way I felt at the time. It felt like God was abandoning us. And I had no idea why it would be that God would make us go through something like that. But God led me through that. He, through that, he brought me into the PCA, which was a closer theological home to me. And he brought me to a church that ended up caring for me and mentoring me, a place where I served as a mission pastor for eight years. And then he brought me to Florida again with Third Millennium Ministries. And now after, well, 20 years I can say that even though I wouldn't wish that experience on anyone, I wouldn't trade it for anything. He changed the direction of my life in a way that felt horrible at the time. But now I see that he was shepherding me. And now I see that he had taught me the capacity to understand how much churches can cause pain. Because I felt it. And he gave me the compassion for those that are, coming, that, are, that are hurting from similar circumstances. I'm overwhelmed in hindsight with the grace of God that he gave me through those experiences. He was my shepherd in ways that I could not have even imagined. And one of the, the greatest graces in this that I went through was that now, 20 years later, I can look back on that and I can see. I can see what he was doing. But we're, we're not always given that. We're not always given the big picture. We're not, sometimes we have to wait, maybe even until Jesus returns, before we understand why it is we go through what we do. But we can know that he is our shepherd. We can know and trust by faith that he is leading us through this. Whatever happens, no matter how devastating it might be, he's going to lead us through it for the sake of his glory 
and to benefit his people as he gathers his church from all over the world into the new heavens and new earth. Dorian can do nothing to us that Jesus hasn't already suffered for us on the cross. Dorian could theoretically take our lives, some of us. But Jesus gave his life for us to give us eternal life. Something far more valuable than anything we could stand to lose through a storm. And the Lord has given us each other to minister to each other. And this is especially true of of pastors who are called to be shepherds, really under shepherds, under the flock of Christ. Notice throughout the passage, it's not that the shepherds never have sheep. It's always the Lord's sheep. And the shepherds are called to shepherd the Lord's sheep as under shepherds under his care. But there's a larger sense in which what is said of pastors and, and shepherds is true of all of us, that we can give each other pastoral care as we go through the struggles of life, through our small groups and through other kinds of Christian networks that, we're, that we are involved in. We have the opportunity to care for each other, to minister to each other as we go through whatever life might give us, whether it be through Dorian or anything else. God is our shepherd king. And he imposes injustice of human rulers. Our Lord is a God who cares for the poor and for the needy. He is a God who seeks out and brings back those who go astray. He is a God who bandages the wounded and heals the sick and cares for the afflicted. And he laid down his life for his flock. This is the king that we have. And he rose again that we might walk in newness of life. And until he returns, we are his body and we are his hands and his feet. We demonstrate the character of God and of Jesus, our Savior, to a watching world when we represent him in this way, when we live with each other in the way that Jesus lived for us. No matter what life gives us, we can know these things, that Jesus is our shepherd king, who will shepherd us through whatever God sends our way. And that he has given us the church to care for each other, no matter what we might go through. And we can trust that one day he will return, that great shepherd of the sheep, and he will restore this world. He will gather his church, and he will wipe every tear from our eyes. Dorian can do nothing to us that Jesus hasn't already suffered for us on the cross and rectified for us in the gospel, that we might receive so much more from him and guaranteed to receive so much more from him than we could ever lose from a storm. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. That you are a God who does not sit up in heaven, looks down on us and says, well, that's just terrible that they have to go through that. But you are a God who is in control. 
and that you sent your son to live in our world, in our suffering, that we might rise again because you rose again for us, that we might walk in newness of life and trust that there will be a day when you will return and we will live eternally in a new heavens and new earth. Until then, Father, we pray that you would empower us by your spirit to be your hands and your feet, to care for each other, to minister to each other. As we go through whatever Dorian or any other struggle of life we might go through might, might give us. For the sake of your glory, for the sake of your kingdom, for the sake of your people. For it's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen.